Yeah. So you just take step one and you fall down and then you get back up and you're like, okay, well, I'll try to take step two when I've healed from step one. And then you take step two and you fall down again. It's like, yeah, without a plan and without a process, it, it'd be like trying to bake a cake without a recipe. You know what I yeah. mean? You're just throwing crap in everything and trying to figure it out. Right. So yeah. I, I, I and, and even then it's like baking a cake without a recipe and not even knowing the ingredients. Have you ever thought, how did I manage to lose myself? Being a mom is so hard, especially when we're feeling stressed and disconnected. We exhaust ourselves trying to create this perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your marriage and your kids without the stress perfectionism brings. I am going to teach you how to identify who you are outside of all of the roles you play. Hi, I'm Veronica Cisneros. I'm a wife, mother of three, and a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am on a mission to teach women just like you how to become empowered and unapologetic. Welcome to our girl gang. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today, we have Tracy Tim, who is the founder of the Integreer Career Academy, the proven career clarity system that helps high potential professionals discover, define, and drive careers they love. She has a degree in behavioral psychology from Yale University and has studied design thinking with the founder of the D School at Stanford University. Tim left a successful but unsatisfying career in finance, traveled once around the world on a semester at sea, and discovered her ideal career. She is now living her dream as a sought-after career clarity expert, organizational advisor, speaker, and author. She leads you through the nth degree process, a proven step-by-step strategy to achieve total career clarity. She is a lively, enthusiastic, and encouraging coach whose guidance will help you go from stuck in your job to unstoppable in your career and life. For more than five years, she has applied these lessons in her career advisory work with hundreds of individuals and over 100 fast-growing companies. So please help me by welcoming Tracy Tim. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so we got to shorten that intro, lady. That thing is just too long. It's crazy long. <laughs> well, the other thing is, okay, wait a minute. We just talked and it's like, do you still have that podcast or are we not doing the podcast? No. Yeah. That podcast happened in 2017. It was fun. I, I find that if, if you're out there and you're a business owner and you're trying to figure out like, what's my lane or where do I want to market or whatever, pick the thing that is sustainable for you. Cause mm. I, I, a weekly show or a biweekly show just frankly was not sustainable for me. Um, I hit like one, one roadblock in my life. We actually, it's really sad. We actually lost my dad that year. Um, oh. and so I just was like, I don't care anymore. I don't care about the cadence. I don't care about the sort of the, you know, you have to keep it really consistent and all those things. I just, I just stopped caring. So if that's you, uh, maybe don't pick something that you have to be super consistent doing every (laughs) single week. Um, so yeah, it's not a podcast. I mean, it's still out there in the world. It's called the nth degree, uh, podcast. Uh, with Tracy Tim. And there's some great episodes. There's some really incredible people that I got to speak to who are just like out there killing it, living their career to the nth degree. Um, so we haven't pulled it. It still exists, which is fantastic, but um, it's certainly not live and uh, being updated. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to say, Tracy, I'm so impressed that your mission runs deeper than helping women get unstuck and help them get clarity. Um, a lot of us, a lot of us don't even realize that this is happening. Mm. So bringing people back to life at work is huge, especially right now. There are so many people that are doing it just cause versus them being passionate about it. So can you share with us some of your story? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's a fun story. I mean, I, I feel like I have everybody else's story in a lot of ways, which is why I wanted to solve this problem for other people. You know, I was, so I'm just about to turn 23. My birthday is in about a week or sorry, 23, oh. 33. Oh my, I, I know. I was like, girl, 23. Hey, I'm, tw- I'm going to turn 21 soon. So what a Freudian slip that was for, so in my twenties every year I had my next annual 21st birthday. So when I turned 22, mm-hmm. I had my second annual 21st birthday all Way until I turned 30. So I'm about to turn 33. Um, so I was that classic millennial kid or like, you know, the, the elder millennial, right. Who was like just getting into the overscheduled, overcommitted, always busy. I was an only child too. So I had a lot of like myopic focus on me, um, as an individual. And, and from the first day I can remember, I was a performer. If yeah. someone said jump, I said, how high. And when they said how high I was like, that's the bar. That's that's winning. That's success, right? So in school, that was getting A's. In band, that was first chair. In sports, that was being on the best team or winning the most often or getting the most trophies or, you know, having the most championships. And, um, that was my childhood. I was a huge performer. So I graduated fourth in my class. I was varsity softball all four years. Um, everything I did, I did to that like fullest extent. Um, but I secretly only like kept doing things that I was already really good at. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I had totally. this thing in the back of my head where I was like, why work harder if I'm already good at this other stuff? Like I'm not going to keep Mm-mm. doing Mm-mm. the thing. I'm not I'm taking gonna... a risk. Nope. Exactly. Exactly. Nope. Right. So, um, so that was, that worked well when the scale is really linear, right? So if the goal is going to a great college and you perform really well in high school and all of your extracurricular activities, guess what? You get to go to a place like Yale. Like that's how that works. Um, so I got recruited to play softball, played at Yale for two years, studied psychology, which I fell in love with because I'm a big nerd. So Yale was like the place (laughs) I could go where I finally found like, Oh my gosh, there's all these cool things you can study and books Mm -hmm. to read and history. And I don't know. I just loved it. But what I loved the most was that I discovered that you can study people like that. That's a thing. Right. Yeah, that, that totally. the, the field of psychology is like, oh, we're, we figure out wh- why we do the things we do and what our motivations are and what drives us and all these, you know, what are emotions for? Like all the things that we take for granted that I just found absolutely fascinating. Um, and yet when I looked at my future, which I, I did rarely because it was very scary, <laughs> right? Because the college is the end of your linear measure, you know, your linear yardstick for success. Absolutely. Right? Like after uh, that's college, what we're told. That's there's no A's in life, you know, mm-hmm. there's no, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I was terrified thinking about what would happen after school. So I didn't right. I, I, yeah. until senior year when I was forced to in September, look at like career fairs and think about what I was going to do next. That's when I realized that well, a, I was never a researcher. I didn't enjoy the data and the analytics and, and actually doing experiments and things like that. I really liked applying information out in the world. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the linear things you could do next, that means counselor, psychologist, maybe sports psychologist, you know, maybe psychiatrist. Like it was all very counseling based. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm 
22. Like, I don't want to, I haven't, I have enough problems as it is. Like I can't help other people with their problems yet. So I, I, I was actually 22 then, whereas now I am no longer in my twenties. So I, <laughs> you know, in the absence of a very clear and linear plan of what to do next, yeah. I did what a lot of people do. I think you get swept up in what's happening around you and you start to really take maybe more into consideration than you nat- naturally or normally would the opportunities that just arise without yeah. you really trying that hard. Right. So Yale's a great place to get recruited from, as you can imagine, um, duh, of course, want their <laughs> Ivy leaguers. Right. I mean, I, I get it. That's part of the reason for going there is that mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're going to get a job after you graduate. Mm-hmm. So Yale's big in a couple areas. Finance is one, uh, consulting, the government. Uh, a lot of people go to nonprofits and NGOs. A lot of people go on to get their master's degrees. And so I got swept up in the finance piece, which frankly, any and all my friends would tell you like that is the last place they would have pegged me for. I took like maybe two math-ish classes in college. Well, yeah, girl, you totally <laughs> went from psychology to finances. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> it, it, it honestly, looking back, it makes no clear sense other mm-hmm. than what my value set was at the time was very fear-based, very, um, I, I'm an only child. Like I said, my parents and I are really close. And so I felt beholden to them. Like I needed to pay them back and I needed to get something that paid well. There was no way I was going home. There's zero chance that I was going to move home. That was like my bar for maybe my young adulthood success. I was being able to take care of myself. So, so all of that sort of wrapped up into, wow, this job's going to pay me a a signing bonus. What the heck is that? Like, (laughs) they were like, sign this and we'll give you $10,000. I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, And I, I mean, I I was making stupid money for that age. And so it, it was, it was, nearly impossible to say no. Right. And, and it alleviated all this anxiety that I had for the next calendar year. I got to do my senior year, all, all fun and whatever. So this is a long way of saying my very first job out of college is the reason that I do what I do now, because I spent two and a half years working uh, at this wall street job. I was on a trading floor, um, you know, in the markets, uh, like global banking and markets side of the business. So we were the broker dealer. We were brokering trades for, institutional investors or hedge funds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I remember day one signing the piece of paper and being like, maybe I'll like it. You know, like maybe uh, it'll all yeah. work out. Like it's got all the sort of bells and whistles of a great job. I have no idea if I'm going to enjoy being there or like the work or be good at it or any of that. But like, but $10,000 sounds awesome. So let's go. Let's just go. No. How do you At 22, no? I'm signing. I'm seeing if I'm asking if I could sign that form five times. I know, right? <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. So, I spent two and a half years really going through kind of a an emotional roller coaster of like I probably knew six weeks in something was wrong. Yeah. And then that feeling just kept coming back multiple times for, for whatever reason, something bad would happen, or we had a round of layoffs or, um, the, the stress would get so high or, you know, I was, I was basically by the end of it, drinking NyQuil at night. Like it was my like warm milk before I yeah. went to sleep, you know, dipping in a little bit of co- your, your cook is in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's grape flavored, it's kind of dessert. Right? So, <laughs> Anyway, I, I just was miserable. And and the reason that I do what I do today is that I called up everybody I knew who knew more than me, parents and mentors and friends and, and even Yale and, and said, you know, I, I, the only reason I'm, I feel stuck here is because I don't have clarity into what I want to do instead. 
that's it. Like I would run out of the front door tomorrow if I knew where I was going, but yeah. I don't even have a semblance of what I would do if I wasn't doing this. And so I feel stuck. I, I And then anytime I would spend 30 minutes, an hour thinking about it, looking at job boards, brainstorming, I, it was like the blind leading the blind. It's, it's literally like your goal is you and I are in a dark room that, where the floor is littered with crap you could trip over. And the goal is to get to the other side of the room and you don't have a flashlight. So yeah. you just take step one and you fall down and then you get back up and you're like, okay, well, I'll try to take step two when I've healed from step one. And then you take step two and you fall down again. It's like yeah. without a plan and without a process, it, it'd be like trying to bake a cake without a recipe. You know what I yeah. mean? You're just throwing crap everything and trying to figure it out, right? So yeah. I, I, I and, and even then it's like baking a cake without a recipe and not even knowing the ingredients. Like that's how much it was, it was a struggle. And I hear that every day from people who are like, I just don't even, not only do I not know the clarity piece, I don't even know how to get the clarity piece. And that's the frustrating part. So I remember I called all these people and they were all like, yeah. I don't really know how to do that. Whether it was like, oh, I've all, I've known what I wanted to be since I was six or, oh, I just, I stumbled into this job and ended up loving it. Or, oh yeah, I took this one class in college and huzzah, like this was my dream job. Like yeah. every single person either didn't know like me or did know, but the way that they figured it out was 100% accident or trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on. Like it's 2000 at that point, it was 2011, 2012. And I was like, there is literally everything you could want to learn on the internet. Like if you and I want to jump a car, we could figure out how to do that. Right. Like you'd go to YouTube, you'd watch a video, you'd do steps one through five. You could jump a car. Right. Um, I've, I've been doing this a lot. My car, I need, yeah. a new, I need a new car. No. The minute you said that, I'm like, I've done it before. <laughs> You've done it, right? And, and a do, have I been trained in how to jump? No, but there's a recipe mm-hmm. for it online. Like if I had never baked anything in my life before, I could look up how to bake a cake and you'd get the list of ingredients and you'd get the exact steps, everything from how hot the yeah. oven should be to what size pan to get all of it, right? But there's no recipe for clarity. There's, there's no like, no. Hey, you don't know what you want to do. Here's step one. Like this is step one. Um, and that was shocking to me. And I looked hard and, and you know what, now that I'm in the industry and I see that there are a lot of people out there who have now tried to come up with recipes yeah. or at least they have their own secret sauce. So like maybe they're the best coach in the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it exists, but dang, it's hard to find. So, that's when I was like, mm, seed planted. Like if, if I could somehow figure this out for myself, I, I want, I have to, I have to teach other people how to do this. I have to get it out there in a bigger way. Um, and that's, that is literally the next like five years after I ended up quitting that wall street job was committed to building the recipe testing out different recipes, testing out different ingredients, testing out different methods for implementation. And the more I think about it, the more I've just recently come up with this whole cake recipe analogy. No, I love it. It it makes makes sense, sense, right? You need the right ingredients. You need the right process. You need to do the things in the right order. You need the right sort of combination of all the Mm -hmm. things and all that, right. And percolating. And then you get your cake. That's exactly what we've built for career clarity is, is we know all the steps. We know yeah. the order the steps should go in. We know how long the steps should take. And if you do them all, I can't promise that you're going to, you know, be a bazillionaire. Uh, exactly. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's your niche. I don't know, but I, what I can't promise is that it's going to be easy, Yeah. but I can promise that it's very 
simple when it comes down to it. It's just step by step by step. And it's sort of like, you know, the first time you bake a cake, it's a little messy. Maybe you get the measurements wrong and it, mm-hmm. right. But the second and the third time and the fourth time that you use this process that you rebake the cake when you're evolving and growing in your career, you get so much better at it and you get more clarity every single time. And you almost make the recipe your own. Does that make sense? It makes, it makes perfect sense. One thing that you're saying, you, you, you know, that's, that's what we're covering is career yeah. clarity. A couple, a couple thoughts and questions come up for me, which is, you know, as a, as a young adult, we get that sign in bonus and it's like, okay, check, you know, I I graduated from college, check. I, you (laughs) know, I'm making so much money, check. And those are really, for the most part, those are really the indicators that we're on the right path. You know, I graduated college, I got a job, you know, I'm getting paid a certain amount or I'm getting paid a bajillion dollars or whatever it is. So yeah, this, this covers it. And, you know, so wait a minute, you want me to step outside of it just because I'm not happy? There's there, no, I, there's so many things to risk. And let me, uh, let yeah. me give you a personal example. Yeah. Um, I was in, uh, you're going to totally laugh at me. So I was working at, I was working at a hospital and I was, I was a therapist there mm-hmm. and I was working there for a good amount of time. I was there for five years and I had my private practice, right? Which I love and adore now. It's a, you know, I built it to a group practice. Um, but I remember, I remember having a discussion with somebody and he told me it was Jason, one of my colleagues. He's like, Veronica, your private practice is full. Like, girl, when are you going to pull the plug here? Because I would, I would, I would hand in my letter of resignation all the time. I must have handed it in, no lie, Tracy, five times. Wow. And every single time the director um, denied me, it was like, oh, okay. And she would deny me because we just had a great relationship. Yeah. But every single time she denied me, it was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe she knows more. Maybe she knows better. Because a good majority of my clients would come from there, right? And so here I am. Not wanting to let go of this job that I, girl, I'm going to tell you right now, I wasn't making anything. I was not, I loved it, but I wasn't making anything and it was just too much time. My private practice, I loved, I, it was just awesome. And it was like, there was this big smile the minute I seen my clients, Yeah, but it was like my, the way he phrased it, Jason phrased it to me was Veronica, you are the founder and president of this big company, but you're still working at McDonald's saying one day I'm going to make it to cashier (laughs) one day. He's like, you have two jobs. You're like, he goes, you have these two jobs and it just doesn't make sense. And so can you tell me more about like, what is it really? And I understand you have these five steps and maybe it's a part of what I'm asking, but what is it really that, that keeps us from taking, essentially taking that leap towards something better and greater. Ugh. Well, I don't even know if we have enough time to truly unpack yeah. this, but it, it, it's, it's, as Elizabeth Gilbert says in Big Magic, it is always and only fear. Yeah. Period. Amen. Mm-hmm. Masking itself as something else, right? Like yeah. maybe you've, you've dug into enough layers of yourself to realize that it really is fear. It was hundred percent fear. I'm not working you, there anymore. Exactly. <laughs> like if you haven't though, I 100% challenge you to ask yourself like the fifth why. And if the fifth why isn't fear, you've got deeper to go, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, 
So what I found that's really interesting, and this is like a bit of psychology and it's going to be way oversimplified. So if you're out there and you are a psychologist or if you're a researcher, don't. No, most of my listeners are not therapists. Cool. Okay. So nobody's going to fact check me. Um, No. But (laughs) what I found and what the research kind of shows is that we're hardwired for fear biologically, right? So what we're afraid of used to be biologically things that would potentially harm our person and lead to, you know, death and dismemberment and horrible things, right? So like back in the day, it'd be like, oh, those bees in that bush are buzzing. I'm going to run away from that bush because I don't mm-hmm. want to get stung and like whatever. Or it'd be like, oh, the saber-toothed tiger, those teeth are are shiny. That is scary. I'm going to run away um, or fight or whatever. Yeah. Nowadays, and again, this is all from uh, Big Magic from Elizabeth Gilbert. She's like, you sit down to write a poem and the same mm-hmm. fear mechanism comes mm-hmm. up, but it's just not as useful as it used to be. Yeah. So the other thing that we're hardwired for too is things that keep us away from fear situations. And so if let's say, um, for most people, that means complacency and routine, right? So if, if, even if you're in a job that you hate and even if you've got opportunities to leave or whatever, anything that's going to disrupt the status quo, anything that's going to change your day-to-day or change, um, potentially have an impact on your life, change in in general, right? Is, is something that could lead to something that could harm you because the brain knows if we, well, if we've been doing this for a while now and we've been very safe, so why change it? Why change it? I think about this all the time. It's like, when you think about professionals whose jobs are not incentivized to change. Like for instance, a pilot, like he's expected to land the plane in the way that it's done every single time. Do we clap? Do it sometimes if we're going international, but like, no, you expect them to land the plane. They're not incentivized to like do a loop-de-loop or like, you know, change it up at the last minute. Please don't, please please don't. don't, Right. So, so we, we really, and I, and I bring that up because we, we really underestimate how sedentary we get in our own routines and in our own complacency, in our own comfort zone with whatever we have, even if what we have is not ideal, even if what we have is miserable, right. Even if what we have is so below the potential we know we could give the world, it's comfortable. It's what we have. So it's sort of like, what's that phrase? Like uh, the enemy that you know is better than the enemy that you don't or whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. the fear is frankly, I think of the unknown. It's looking out at the world and going, well, this is a thing I have and I know I don't like it, but what if I leave and it's worse out there? Or what if I leave and it's no better and I'm no better off for having left, right? I hear that all the time. Like, oh, these poor people. I mean, you're the depths of despair when you're like, you know, I'm really worried that I'm going to discover what my dream job is and then I'm going to get there and I'm going to hate it. Like, those are two conflicting thoughts. Like, it can't be your dream job and you hate it. You know what I I mean? I hear that. I hear that all the time, especially with relationships. What if I change Mm. and I want to leave my husband? And it's like, girl, did you just hear you say that? Like, you just heard yourself say that. What if I change for the better? What if I live a healthier life and I want to leave my husband or I don't like myself? It's a dialectic, essentially. And yeah. you're doing it for the betterment of 
your future. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you get to see this all day long too, as well, right? Like my, what I love is that we're not just impacting the one life, right? Mm -hmm. If we can get somebody into a job where there are two things, this is our mission or our sort of purpose. Our business mission is to unleash human potential and unlock life purpose for people. So if we do both of those things for one person, if we unleash your potential and we unlock your life's purpose, the ripple effects that that person will have on their relationships, their community, their churches, their business, their places of business, random strangers they meet at the grocery store, right? Like it's, it's beyond our ability to even track or know the impact that those people are going to go on and have not just in their job, but as an example to their communities. Right. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, if you want to better yourself, it's probably going to improve your marriage. Yeah. Like not hard. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not a marriage expert. No, so it's, it's I'm true. Rescind that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're on the right path though. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Shouldn't say a hundred percent because it has to be a hundred percent, but no, it's from what I've seen working with couple, working with individuals to improve their marriage, to improve their life. It has literally improved everything, their work relationship, their connection with their kids, their connection with their husbands, their connection with themselves, their family, all because they took a step back and self-reflected and worked on it. Yeah. It benefits Uh, everybody. You know what I think really we're all afraid of is like peeling back all those layers and not liking what we see. Oh, girl, all day, all day. And I'm sure you've had to do it. I've had to do it in order for us to be here. Yeah, yeah, I hated every minute of it. I was yeah. a chicken and string. I hated every minute well, of it. Well, well, you know, doing it. So this is something that my business coach and I came up with, which I think is effing brilliant. She was like, "Listen, it's only painful when you do it by yourself. Yeah. Introspection is only painful when you do it alone because that is it, it, this is this was her uh, analogy, and I think it's perfect. I I co opted it because she gave me permission. Um, it's it's literally like asking a gifted cardiothoracic surgeon to do her own open heart surgery, yeah. right? So imagine like she's a subject matter expert. She's done it a million times. She's like got the process down, but because she's doing it on herself, the perspective is off, the objectivity is off, and it's highly likely that she's not going to get the result that she would hope for. Yeah right? It's messy. It gets really messy. And so doing that, that level of introspection on yourself is really messy and you don't have the perspective and the objectivity that you need to do it well and do it fruitfully, which is why Mm -hmm. people like Veronica and people like me and people like my coaches exist because we can do that with you Mm -hmm. objectively and get you through it and not get you stuck in it, which is something I learned early on in my business. My, some of my clients would get stuck in their own introspection and something I had to learn as a coach was to get them through the icky part. Because mm-hmm. frankly, if you've, if you've been at a job for however long, and let's say maybe it's your, for me, it was my only job, my very first job. Um, I'd worked since I was 15, but I'd never had a, you know, I'd, I worked and went to school. So I'd never yeah. had this sort of phenomenon where every Monday I had to go back to the office. And, uh, and that was startling. I'll tell you what. Um, but I, I am hardwired. You and I, I, it seems like, like have a pretty cool, similar hardwiring. Yeah. Can you imagine me at a, at a bank? 
<laughs> like it no. was literally like like Einstein. I found this quote recently and I love it. Einstein said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life feeling stupid. Yeah. And I was a fish and Wall Street was a tree. And I was that fish who was like, I can perform. I'm a performer. I get all A's. I was first chair. I was varsity. I, I do stuff. I do stuff yeah. well, right? Watch I me. Did, watch, watch me. Watch me. I'll just work harder. I'll just try harder. I'll care more. I'll, you know, whatever it is. And it just wasn't clicking. It just wasn't my zone of genius. And so guess what I thought? I went all the way to the like all or nothing thinking, the black or white thinking. It was like, yeah. if I'm not successful here, I'm not going to be successful anywhere. Oh, girl, you're And I think that's everyone's ultimate fear is like, if I peel back all the layers and I I figure out who I really am, I'm going to figure out that that's not valuable anywhere. Mm -hmm. And nothing could be further from the truth because the person that I am now is why my business is successful. The person that I was this whole time is why our message resonates with people. Does that make sense? Right? It's no, it makes a girl. I just had a light bulb moment. I, I love that you said that. And I'm not climbing a tree anymore. I love that you said that. Um, what was your all, light bulb? Well, it was that. It was so many women, so many moms, especially. It's like, I have to stay here. You don't understand, Veronica. I have to stay here. And it's like, okay, tell me more. Tell me why you have to stay here. And tell me why you called me. Tell me why you called me. I'm like, I'm a call. Girl, you question. know, you know, I'm gonna call your ass out. Like, yeah. you, why are you, we talking? Why are we talking? Why are we here? Because I know we're not kicking back. I know we're not just doing, you know, girl to girl talk. I mean, we could totally do that. We don't have wine on this call. If we and did, then I could understand why there was another reason for this. Bingo. But no, but I'm with no. you. No. The, the, why are we on the phone? And that pivot is 100% necessary for us to live the life we want to live. Mm. And we will stay trapped, imprisoned, literally imprisoned by it until we choose. And that's all this really is. It's making an active choice to lean into our insecurities and challenge our fears. And I love that you're focusing on that because it's true. Mm. You know, we're so afraid of stepping outside of our comfort zones. Yeah. Right. I, I, what I really latched onto that you just said was to live the life that we want to live. I think that's the part that not enough of us take the time to actually realize that your life is going to continue on. Oh, okay. You're going to love this. So I, uh, my mom and I watch, um, I'm Catholic. So I, uh, but I haven't gone back to mass since the pandemic started, which is very (laughs) odd. But so I watch it. I watch it on TV every, every Sunday with my mom because our tradition was to, was to go to church and then go to brunch. So now we watch church and go to brunch. And, uh, so we discovered this guy, father Mike Schmitz, who is, um, an astoundingly well trained and then probably very gifted and talented speaker. He just works hard at, he's so good. His homilies are just like, they wash over you with truth. And, uh, but what he did this past Sunday that you'll love, he was like, there's this guy, I I think it was Tim Urban, which, uh, he's, you know, fairly well known in sort of the lifestyle, whatever space he had printed out this piece of paper that was like a, like a rectangle of squares that were different colors. And each square on the piece of paper represented a week of your life. So from like birth until 90 years old was, were all these squares and you could literally count out like based on your age. And then, you know, however many months past that age you've lived, what week you were on in your life, you could see it. 
like oh visually. God. So you could see like how far down this. Dry. Oh my gosh. Right. So he's like, so here's my square. And so if you think about the page, right, and we're doing videos. So if you guys just play along with me in your minds, like if you think about the page being like an eight by 11, right. Piece of paper, his square was more than halfway down the page. And so he's like, the question is, what have you done with your squares? Like, what have you done with what you've been given? And what do you plan on doing with the rest of presumably what you have. And he was like, this is if I live till 90, like who knows. Right. So, well, it was so powerful to just Girl, look at that. I'm like visual. getting chills right now because it's like, oh hell no. After this call, like you go, you're like, you I'm going to go on a run. And then yeah, I'm, I'm going like- on a freaking run. I'm <laughs> jumping off something. I'm freaking grabbing my kids out of school and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to take a road trip. But we don't think like that though. Like no. we, we, we are so caught up in we're so caught up in thinking that we're going to live forever mm-hmm. and that eventually it's going to happen. Eventually yeah. me and my husband will connect. Eventually I will get that job. Eventually, you know, I'll, I'll take that, you know, I'll take that leap and go on that vacation eventually. But when you put it into that perspective, Ugh. I don't want to, I don't want to waste my, like right now I'm like, oh my God, Tracy, I'm going to waste my squares. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. Let's make this, let's make, let's make this interview amazing. Cause I ain't trying to waste no more squares. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was like, what have you done with what you've been given? And too many of us, like I, I, the reason that I have the business that I have at the end of the day, and this is me being like totally honest. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, me, so can I tell like a quick little story? Yeah, girl, it's worth go for it. it. So, um, when I was on semester at sea, so after I quit Wall Street, I enrolled myself back into school, technically speaking, and I went on a semester at sea, which is an undergraduate study abroad program. Mm-hmm. But I was 25. So I went as like a quote postgrad or whatever. So that is, that was a life-changing experience for me because I, I got to be re-inspired. Like there's nothing more innocent than a college student who's like, I, we could change the world. And yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and then I was with mentors and entrepreneurs who were traveling on the ship as well and just got some incredible insight into um, just the, the ways that we could impact the world. And, and all, I don't know. Anyway, so I met this guy who's the founder of the D school at Stanford. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to share his name, but basically what he told me was the reason that he loves design thinking is because it's inherently a creative process where you're pulling the creativity out of another person. You're, you're nurturing their creativity. He's like, listen, if, if we're made, let's say in the image of God or whatever you guys think out there, do you do you, but like, this is what I think we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so that means we're all inherently creative. He is the creator. This is, you know, we're imbued with that inherent creativity. It's like, if I can help somebody nurture their, their inner creativity, I've done something divine. I brought divineness into the world. Like it's a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh my God, if I could base a business around something like that, I'll never quit you know, I'll have something that will push me through all the crap and all the hard times and all the money issues and all the whatever. Right. So that's what my business is now. It's like, I really believe we're here for a reason. I really do. And mm-hmm. think, mm, right. Like, right. like we have purpose. You're made with Girl. purpose, mm-hmm. purpose driven, purpose filled the whole bit. And then also conveniently, we got to work, right? (laughs) The majority of us have to go out and do stuff with like eight to 10 hours in a day. Even if you're not quote unquote working, you're going to go do something. You're not just going to sit around and sort of like veg all the time because probably not. You'd get really tired of that. And honestly, if that's you, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wasted squares. Wasted wasted, squares. Don't waste your squares. squares. So Uh -uh. So you've got all these squares and you've got to do stuff with them. So 
I think if I can help somebody really discover and then unlock more of their purpose, and we can do it via career clarity, then I've brought more divine purpose into the world. And that person is going to go on and have these like incredible ripple effects that again, we, we can never know, but are undoubtedly adding value in the world. So that's what I want to do with my squares, right? Is like, how yeah. many people have I turned on? You know, how many people have I woken up? How many people have we, have we, imbued with purpose or help them tap into their purpose. Um, because we got squares and we got, we got shit to do, you know? Yes. So Tracy, that's the thing is that, that is why someone needs to hire someone like you, you, because you are passionate about what you do. And this is one thing that I'm going to say over and over and over again, you've done the work. So you're not just relying on a friend like, hey, girl, okay, so I'm not happy with my job. Tell me what to do. Because more than likely, homegirl's not happy with her job either. And you're Mm -hmm. asking the wrong person. The wrong questions too. (laughs) A hundred percent because you don't know what to ask. And that's where someone like you can come in, challenge them, ask questions and help them make connections and see unhealthy patterns that they never realized were there. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's it's so powerful. But again, you have to want to do this life on purpose. And yeah. I, I don't know, it, that can be really daunting if you've been on a conveyor belt for any given period of time, or you've gotten yeah. really used to your routine. But you know what? Ain't nothing like a global pandemic to get everybody off their conveyor belt and for out of real. their routine. So like- For real. You have you know, to pivot. We got to do something. And mm-hmm. and at the very least, what's great is that we've all been woken up to a certain degree. If you've been zombieing through life up till now, you, you could not do that the last six months. You could no. not just keep things the same, no. not upset the apple cart. Like your cart was flipped for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Girl. I find that honestly, what that's created for a lot of people is finally the willingness or even just the opportunity to look and just observe. Yeah. Is this, a, is this, is this it? Is this yeah. what I want? Am I happy? It's not even about happiness. Well, I mean, I think it's about happiness. That's part of the equation is I think we're made for joy and abundance, but all that aside, it's like, is this what I'm going to do with my squares? You know, is this, and God, that, that image, my, my mom and I just looked at each other. We were on opposite couches and we were both like, Whoa, (laughs) I really don't want to go download the Uh -uh, image uh -uh. and find out where my square is. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. And you guys, for, for two of us who are like on the, on the, you know, vanguard got, of this, like move, we even, we're scared to look at our squares. I'm scared. So. I'm going to tell you right now how people all day. And the minute I, I'm like, oh my God, that'd be a great idea. And it was quickly met with, well, how many squares would you provide yourself? And then are you, are you all of a sudden giving you an end date? What if you end up dying on that date and you then ah! predicted it? It's like, it's like too, you many too, far. You're way too, too many far. things. I think it's much more of a useful tool. Well, A, to look forward, but B, to just look back and ask yourself really yeah. objectively, am I happy with what I've done with what yes. I've been given? And plenty of us you know, at this point, whenever I'm, whenever I'm sort of pontificating, I always like to think of that one naysayer. This is a great skill you learn at Yale. It's like, what is the counter to what I'm saying? Um, it, which kind of sucks. Cause then you, 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 frankly, they teach you how to question everything and then never yeah. how to choose, which is really annoying. Um, because, <laughs> cause I think indecision is probably at the crux of most people's 
anxiety, discontent and anxiety, oh, right? If living in limbo is why you're unhappy. Mm-hmm. Choose and put in your whole, as my counselor would say, your whole 80%. Cause like <laughs> You could never give it a whole, a whole hundred. You've got other things to do. Yeah. Give it your whole 80. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we should just choose. Okay. Um, I, I, can, I can just hear somebody out there going, but I don't have any choices. You know, I don't have any options. This, this isn't going to work for me. Woe is me. Yada, yada, right. Oh, I got to say, frankly, if you're in any sort of place where you can be listening to a podcast. Period, right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. You have choices. You have more than probably half of the population of the world as far as choices. And I find that the challenge then becomes (laughs) if you're going to sit and be a victim and say that you don't have any choices, how are you making the people who actually don't have any choices feel? Yeah. Right. If you don't take ownership of the agency that you actually have and take ownership and responsibility for your life. How crappy does that look to all those people who literally can't? Maybe they're um, incarcerated or maybe they're trafficked. Maybe they're subject to like really horrible regimes where they, maybe they're refugees. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like there's so many people who don't have choices and we are so- We're literally imprisoned, Mm -hmm. literally physically imprisoned. Yeah, We are so fortunate to have any choices that frankly, like, come on. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I, I get, I get, we're getting up. We're just about that. <laughs> no, no, no. So this, this leads me to my two final questions. Okay. What are you doing right now, Tracy, personally, what are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? Yeah, girl, I'm, you know me, I'm going to go deep. What am I doing right now to live the life that I want to live? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I actually have, I actually think I have something. So from day one in my business, and if you're out there and you're thinking about maybe starting one, yada, yada, you probably hear all these stories from the Gary V's of the world that like, it's a slog, it's a hustle. You put your head down for 10 years. You don't have any friends. You work from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. You like suck it up. You do the hard work and you work the quote entrepreneur's hours, which is like yeah. 12, whatever, 15 it's hours like a day, every single 80 day. 80 hours a day. Yeah, that's nuts. It's not and true. I was like, I don't think I want to do that. Like- I, I, I don't want to be miserable walking over the bridge to get to a place where I'm happy because that is a recipe for disaster. What sci- what the science, what the psychology tells us is that we are horrible at predicting our own happiness, the length and breadth of our happiness. Meaning I know the difference between what's going to be painful and what's going to be pleasurable, but what I don't know and what the brain is really horrible at is estimating how long you're going to feel happy and how deeply happy you're going to feel based on any particular accomplishment or achievement or um, ascension level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like once I'm here, I'll be X times happier. We're always wrong. Like almost always wrong. So the last thing that I wanted to do was put my head down and be miserable for three, five, yeah. 10 years only to look up and be like, well, this isn't what mm-hmm. I thought it would be. Right. So yeah. from day one, I, I made the commitment to live a life that I enjoy while working towards a life that I aspire to. So oh. would I like to be making more money in my business? Yes. Will I make more money next year than I did this year? Hopefully. Right. Would I like to buy a new car? Mm-hmm. It's probably five years too late, <laughs> but there, like there, there are things that I want and that I aspire to, and that I know will make me happy. And I'm working toward those things. But in the meantime, I'm not sacrificing my relationship with my mom, my relationship with my friends, dating, sleep, 
eating well, exercise, traveling, like building a team. Like I am trying actively day to day, if not week to week to live a life I enjoy while building and pursuing a life that I aspire to. And I think that's the best way I've ever put it is that I, love that answer. I, I, I cause you get to choose what you sacrifice. Yeah. I think. And, and what most of us don't do is thoughtfully choose what we sacrifice. We let our situation or our circumstances or our job or whatever choose for us. Yeah. So this is, this is like the person who's like a family man who never gets to their kids recitals, right? Because like work is calling him, right? He's yeah. letting his job or his circumstances choose what he's sacrificing. Well, I put myself in a situation where I get to choose. So you know what I choose? I sacrifice speed. So yeah. could my business be where it is now, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago? Maybe, but I would so much rather build it slowly and intentionally and profitably and enjoy my life <laughs> and build great relationships and have fun and travel and spend time with my dad as he's getting sick and passing away and being with my mom afterwards and, and having this relationship and it failing and this next relationship and it not working out. And like, right now I'm dating somebody. I'm like, Ooh, this is exciting. Like I would rather make time for those things than put my head down for X number of years and then look up and hope that this is a life that I was worth it. Does that make sense? So, so that's my answers. I'm, I'm actively choosing, choosing every day. Like I'm going to sleep a little later or not. I'm going to take a week off because I need it. I'm going to, my mom's birthday is tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, mom. Have my out of office on. Like it is a Thursday. Is that maybe the best business decision in the world? Who gives a flying F? (laughs) Like it's my decision. You know what I mean? So, um, Anyway, yeah, that 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 is my answer. All right. All right. Did as it is, but <laughs> last one. What advice in one sentence, what advice would you give to the mom who felt stressed and disconnected? What advice would I give to the mom mm-hmm. who feels stressed and disconnected? Mm-hmm. In one sentence. Yeah, girl. Yeah. I'm such a verbose pontificator. It's horrible. Um, what advice would I give to the mom who's stressed and disconnected? I would say do everything in your power to learn the circumstances that make you the best mom possible, regardless of what other people think about those circumstances so that you can reconnect with your energy and your true authentic self and show up as a better role model for your family. Damn. Damn. I clap, but I don't want to There go were a crazy. lot of commas and semicolons <laughs> in that sentence, but I think it's true. That is beautiful. I'm constantly thinking of uh, the first person I ever hired. She's a mom of two. She has a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And she, you know, thought that she wanted to be a full-time mom ever. I mean, she, she like left a, a, a career in theater. She was a trained Shakespearean actress, a stage actress, um, and very successful at it was playing Lady Macbeth in her twenties, like very, you know, very gifted actor. And, uh, and she's like, I want a family. I gotta, I gotta do something that's a little more not crazy. Right. And, uh, so she had, had her first kid was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And she, she, the way she tells the story, she's like, I had to fire myself from being a full-time mom because I'm a better mom when I'm working. Bingo. I'm, so, right? I, I so hear I, her. I'm there yeah. with her. I'm with, yeah. there with her. Like I'm better so mom when I'm working. So yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so where can we find you? And I know you're giving our audience a free giveaway. 
Well, obviously. Um, so what I would love to do for you guys is if this is really resonating with you and like, and like Veronica said, you know, if, if you need an objective third party, we have two incredible clarity coaches and two awesome enrollment coaches who would love to get to know you better and find out if working together makes sense. So we have a free 50 minute clarity call that we offer to any and everybody to just find out if this is a good fit for you. And, and frankly, even if it's not, you get 50 minutes of coaching. Uh, and that's, that's pretty valuable in today's world. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 So, um, so if you just go to tracytim.com forward slash clarity, tracytim.com forward slash clarity, you'll be able to book your call there. Um, I love it. Yeah. I'm more than happy to do that. And you know what? Maybe, maybe if we get enough calls, you get me cause I'll pop in there and take over Yay! when everybody's at their capacity. I would love to, I love talking Yay! to our clients. I really do. It's, it's fun. I spent the first like two or three years in the business. I did 350 or 400 clarity calls before I taught somebody else how to do it. Um, so yeah. And then if you really want to connect directly with me, I live and play on LinkedIn almost exclusively. So you can just come find me. It's Tracy Tim, T-R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M, um, on LinkedIn. That's my platform. I don't hang out anywhere else. So if you're like talking to me on Instagram, you're not talking to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, LinkedIn is where you can come find me. And then tracytim.com is also just where all of our other resources live. So okay, if you want to download something, uh, we've got a bazillion guides, wonderful master classes, four-part video series, you know, all that stuff lives um, at tracytim.com. Yeah. Tracy. You are such a badass. I love, I'm so, so, so happy sweet. that we were able to do this. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank jumping you. on. You know how good this feels? Like I just, I want people to like realize how full circle this is. Like me, literally October 1st of 2012 was the day that I quit my Wall Street job. Today is October 21st in 2020. So it's been exactly eight years. And yeah. I, I was a miserable shell of myself. And now because I finally get to show up authentically, like this is who I am. You guys, I'm not wearing makeup. No, girl. (laughs) You guys missed it, but I had to comb my hair before we (laughs) hopped on here. Like this is dry shampoo. Like I I get to be who I am. Yeah. And I get to have wonderful people like Veronica say like, you're awesome. You're a rock star. Mm -hmm. You're doing your thing like that. Oh, it's, it makes my soul just happy. So I, I can't encourage people enough to, try to find and, and work hard at finding that authentic place where you can show up as yourself. Um, it makes being successful that much easier, frankly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and Absolutely. it's more fun. So yep. thanks for having me. Thank you so much for this platform and this time together. And, and I, I love meeting of the minds lady. We, we need to do more of this more collab. <laughs> oh God. <for> sure. <laughs> we definitely, we're going to talk offline about that. Perfect. All right. Thank you again. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review. Thank you, guys. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I know you're ready for the next steps. If you want to become empowered and unapologetic, get my free course, Unapologetically Me, over at empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash course. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, 
beta male revolution or imperfect thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.